We welcome in from CBSSports.com, Shehan Jayaraja. Shehan, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks always for having me. Hey, you remember that guy's voice, right? I mean, that it kind of sounded like it, didn't it? I, <laughs> I get what you mean. I guess what you mean. Uh, I don't know the guy's name for sure, but I definitely remember uh, the voice coming across my television. Oh, that was always good stuff. Hey, uh, the other day, one of your colleagues uh, had an article um, uh, with Kirby Smart from uh, from George. Did you get a chance to to dive into that article very much? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I believe, right, the, the comments were basically about tampering, right? Yeah, you're right. What, what was your take on that when he said, I, I think Kirby did kind of uh, summarize it. Kirby basically said he didn't think there was a lot of tampering going on uh, from from the coach's perspective. Uh, what was your What was your initial take on that? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, this is interesting. It kind of goes back to an interview I think I did last week uh, on another station. And and fundamentally, the question is, what is tampering, right? I mean, I think that we have this idea of what it is. And I think from Kirby Smart's perspective, he's saying, I'm Kirby Smart. I'm not going to a player and necessarily interacting with them before they enter the portal or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. There's not just one guy who has to has the ability to do that. I think that one of the biggest things we're seeing right now is players recruiting other players, you know, guys who maybe they play high school ball with or travel ball with or, or anything like that, even just know from sort of this, uh, you know, the recruiting world. Um, you know, we heard about that certainly plenty with uh, with the Caleb Williams case, right? I mean, we hear that right now with Jordan Addison, that, that Caleb Williams has reached out to him. And so, you know, I think that's a huge part of it is just player-to-player communication. Obviously, I think that collectives and boosters also have, uh, you know, they've obviously got – uh, a lot going on in terms of communication. Uh, another thing, too, is that there's oftentimes middlemen. I mean, one thing that you see uh, in general is during a recruiting process, and actually, and this happens even in a in a more kosher way uh, with transfers, is, is sometimes, you know, you'll go to a high school coach, you'll go to a parent and say, hey, you know, try to get a feel for, for, uh, for whether a kid is maybe interested in leaving or if he's not happy where he's at. And so, I mean, the idea of tampering is so difficult because there's just so many layers in between. So the idea of Kirby Smart going to Transfer X and saying, hey, I'm going to come talk to you even though you're not in the portal, it probably isn't happening. But the thing is, there's so many things happening around that by the time somebody enters the portal, I think that there's obviously, uh, you know, they know to some extent their options at the end. Jayhan, Chad Morris resigns from Allen ISD and – the rumor is that he may be heading back to college football. I I know that you kind of looked into this a little bit. Is there a landing spot for Chad Morris in college football? I think there is, and uh, I'd be curious, right? I mean, I think that, first of all, <laughs> maybe he went back to high school and, and realized that, uh, that that maybe the magic isn't quite there for him like it was before, obviously. Allen, you know, they have a great season, but they're out, and they're supposed to have great seasons, and, and they lose their most games actually since 2005. So I, I think that maybe it just didn't end up being a fit for either side. But I think that when you look at Chad Morris, right, I mean, obviously his Arkansas tenure was a real disaster. But I think that, first of all, you know, if he, if he wants to go back to college, there's going to be spots for him as an analyst, right? I mean, his, his offensive mind is not questioned. He, he was hired as offensive coordinator at Auburn after that Arkansas tenure. And so I think that probably at this point, that's really what you're going to be looking at is potentially an analyst role, maybe an off-field role, maybe an advisor role. 
Uh, and so, you know, for me, it's hard not to look past TCU where his son plays right now, Chandler Morris, uh, you know, whether there's an opportunity for him to become, you know, some sort of uh, consultant or uh, some ability to become an analyst or something like that. And certainly at his old spot at SMU, I think that there could be some opportunity there uh, with a new staff coming in under Rhett Lashley. And, and obviously Chad Morris was the head coach at SMU at one point, so he has deep ties there. And uh, for, you know, from what we understand, uh, his family primarily lived uh, in the Dallas Highland Park area while he was even head coach at Arkansas so that his son could finish out his high school career at Highland Park. So I, I think that there's going to be options for him. I, I'm curious what exactly he wants. I don't anticipate unless he sort of goes down to a, you know, maybe a lower tier program that, that there's going to be an opportunity to be a coordinator at this point, not because he doesn't have the ability, but because uh, the timing of it is just weird. But I, I think if he wants to return to college, there should be some options out there for him. Shayhan, so Mizzou finally lands their quarterback in the transfer portable yesterday and Jack Abraham. It, is he the right fit? And then when you look at this whole situation, does it seem like he, they settled? Like that, that seems awkward from an aesthetic standpoint that he finally comes in. Like, What does that say about the quarterbacks on your roster and this whole situation? Well, I think what's interesting is – there's been so much momentum at Mizzou from a recruiting perspective. You know, I believe that they brought in a top 20 type class, which obviously for Mizzou is, is pretty incredible. Uh, they brought in a five-star receiver. Like they, they had some real momentum. So for them to kind of flop to this extent on the quarterback transfer market was actually a real surprise to me. I mean, obviously they hosted Gary Bohannon and he decided to go in a different direction. And, and I think for him, you know, the opportunity to come in and be a leader at South Florida certainly must have been an attractive situation for him, even if it wasn't, quote-unquote, the highest level. Uh, but, you know, Jack Abraham is, is a good player, but, you know, the, he headed to Mississippi State after his time at Southern Miss. And he was a great player at Southern Miss, I'll mention. Um, you know, had some injury issues, never really forced his way into the rotation. And so, you know, he's kind of a second-chance SEC quarterback in some ways. He's not somebody that I think – uh, would necessarily have transferred to any other SEC school. And so when I look at the sort of the state of the, the quarterback transfer carousel and, and what Mizzou ended up with, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I mean, they obviously took their swing at Gary Bohan and they took their swing at JT Daniels. And to kind of miss on all these guys, I think you're right. I think that they did settle on a guy. And, and Jack Abraham's fine. I think that he does give them a reasonably high floor. Uh, and they do have other talented players on the roster. So maybe at some point, uh, you know, one of those guys is able to step up and, and sort of be a big-time player for them. But, you know, I think that certainly after what they did last season and with the players that they have coming in, if I'm Eli Drinkwitz, I wish that I could have gotten something a little better. Tough situation in, in Wisconsin with the uh, with the Bill Sheridan situation. Uh, th- just three months on campus in Wisconsin, and then he has to uh, has to resign. What's what What do you see as the end result there? Yeah, I think that, you know, so so for people who don't know, Bill Sheridan, obviously former uh, NFL assistant, along with, um, you know, uh, he, he's been a defensive coordinator across college and stuff. He, he was inside linebackers coach at Wisconsin, but he was named in reports about NCAA violations during his time at Air Force, which was uh, which was during the, the pandemic primarily. And so basically what he's being alleged and what him and two other assistants uh, who were on that staff are being alleged and, and were apparently fired for is that the fact that 
Uh, they hosted uh, prospects while they were on campus during the dead period, which was a huge, huge no-no, just obviously with what was going on with the pandemic at the time in 2020. Uh, and also that there might have been some uh, impermissible benefits as well. You know, the funny thing is, I, I, I think that this actually kind of gets into an interesting world, which is which is service academy recruiting, which is kind of a whole other uh, world out there. I mean, especially with Army and Navy obviously being as established as they are. I mean, Air Force uh, kind of has to force their way in there in some way. But, you know, so I, I think that, of course, the NCAA is going to come down, and, and at some point this will be sort of publicly announced, and I imagine that they're going through a resolution process right now at Air Force. But I think that after Air Force uh, self-reported some of the stuff along with the impending NCAA stuff, the reality is it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have somebody as an inside linebackers coach who is under NCAA investigation and could potentially be hit with punishments. And so I think, you know, for, for Bill Sheridan, I, I imagine that short of being, uh, you know, sort of found not guilty during this process, I, I imagine that he's probably not going to be back in college football uh, anytime soon. Hey, hey, which brings me just out of curiosity. And of course it's easy to, you know, after the fact, but when you're vetting somebody and, and you're looking into their situation, when you're potentially going to hire them, I'm curious that this didn't come up in the, in the interview process prior to going to Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally it doesn't make sense, right? Because, they were uh, Bill Sheridan was specifically let go according to these reports at Air Force because of these NCAA violations. This was not a, a situation where he just moved up in in the world and you know people didn't notice. Like he was explicitly fired for cause according to these reports from Brett McMurphy over at the Action Network. Now again, the NCAA is going to come out with uh, with their statements and and eventually going to come out with a report and you know maybe Wisconsin will respond to that at some point. But at this point, I, I think that you're absolutely right. It doesn't make sense the idea that Bill Sheridan could have been hired at uh, Wisconsin without this potentially at least being on their radar. After spring football, what is your take in the Big Twelve? Who who is the best team in the Big Twelve? Is it still Oklahoma? sitting there or is the gap closing between Oklahoma and and some other teams out there right now? I think that Baylor had a great spring. Uh, I mean, I think that obviously Blake Shapin coming in and them having so much faith in him, I think uh, says a whole lot. The defensive line looks fantastic. I think it could be one of the best units in the league. Uh, and, and I think that they, they saw enough at receiver that you feel pretty good about what they've got. And running back, I'll mention too, with Craig Squirrel-Williams. Uh, you know, so I think that Baylor's going to have a really good shot of having another great season up in 2022. Oklahoma's going to have something to say about it, absolutely. Uh, I'm curious how long it takes to to find sort of that rhythm on both sides of the ball, right? I mean, there's lots of pieces to like, I think, on, on both offense and defense. But this is a very u- new unit. These guys have not played together very much. Uh, obviously, a new quarterback coming in, new primary running back, a lot of new defenders. Uh, I have... I have faith that they're going to, by the end of the season, be a really good team that kind of figures themselves out. Uh, But I am curious in the early going what it's going to be like. Uh, I I also look around at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, they lose a lot on the defensive side, but they have, I think, maybe one of the best defensive players in the country and Colin Oliver at defensive end. They they still have a lot of talent who obviously came up in that Jim Knowles system. And, 
Derek Mason is a great defensive coordinator. I don't expect the defense to take a big step back. And offensively, I think that they have a lot of room for growth after a pretty inconsistent season, especially in the passing game this past season. So I, I think that those three teams sort of stand apart. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of excitement around Texas. I, I think that I need to see a little bit more develop, uh, development from them on the defensive side of the ball before I feel very comfortable putting them in that top group. But I, I think that those three teams are probably the ones that I put at the top of the heap right now with other teams, maybe like Kansas State's right on the edge uh, looking in. Does Latrell Neville, is he now the, the receiver number one going for North Texas as we head into next season? Or is this a situation where it's got to play out in camp? And what are your thoughts of him coming over from Nebraska? Yeah, they've got a lot of good receivers there at North Texas, uh, to be honest. Jair Shorter, I believe, is coming back uh, for another season. Tommy Bush, who was somebody who obviously Baylor wanted back in the day, uh, will be back next season as well. But I, I think that you certainly have to like uh, Latrell Neville coming in uh, as another talented option. And so I think that I think that they're just going to have a great group. And the other name that I'll mention uh, that, that I think will be huge for them is their new quarterback who came in, Grant Gunnell. He, he was one of the leading passers in the history of Texas high school football and uh, eventually started at Arizona, transferred to Memphis, and, and things kind of didn't work out because of injuries and bad situation. But I think at North Texas, uh, back in North Texas where he's from, I, I think he's going to have an opportunity to really elevate that unit. So, you know, I mean, when you, uh, when you hear – other coaches and people talk about North Texas. They talk about, especially in that second half of the season, a program that was nowhere near as bad as it's uh, as the 0-6 that they started, I believe, to last season. But I, I think that now they have an opportunity to to really take a step forward, and I think that Latrell Neville will be a big part of that. Hey, let's talk a second about uh, about Nebraska and, and Scott Frost. And, and again, this is just a thought, but. When they were in the Big 12, their footprint for recruiting, obviously, including included the state of Texas, I, I'm going to assume now that they're in the Big 10 that recruiting Texas is still a priority, but they're not as successful. What What's the issue, in your opinion, with the Cornhuskers? Yeah, I think that a big part of it is having a defined identity, right? Because like you said, uh, when you are a part of the Big 12, I think that it kind of lets you be part of a footprint. Um, you know, and I think that obviously a lot has been made of the way that recruiting has changed. You know, at one point, Nebraska obviously had one of the most robust walk-on programs in the country. Uh, anybody basically from that Great Plains area who didn't get major offers was going to walk on at Nebraska, and they found some stars that way. I think the rise of North Dakota State potentially puts a dent in that because you do have uh, sort of a place to go if you're sort of an under-recruited sort of Great Plains kid. Uh, and, and I think that there are just less kids who are passed over uh, these days because of the internet, because of huddle, because of things like that. So it's a combination of things. I think that it's lack of defined recruiting train after leaving the Big 12 uh, and also the Big 8 I'll mention because at least, you know, even, even at that time you were going down to Oklahoma very consistently and you could easily pop over to Texas. Uh, and, and I think that the other thing too is, is just, again, the way that recruiting has changed and the way that player acquisition has changed. So that's what I think makes it such an existential issue for Nebraska. Now, now I will say, you know, all this is, is to compete at the number one national type level. There's no reason right now that Nebraska shouldn't be competing at a top 25, top 15 level. I mean, the reality is they've gotten top 25 recruiting classes consistently. They, they should be fine from that perspective, and it hasn't happened. But 
obviously I think that when you talk about getting to that number one competing for national championships level, uh, something probably fundamentally has to change about Nebraska's brand. And maybe it's becoming a little bit more of a national brand if they're able to do that. Like, you know, you see Notre Dame, Ohio state doing, uh, but, but right now I think that they really struggle for not having a defined terrain. Jayhan, man, uh, what are you working on for uh, CBS sports right now? Yeah, got a got a couple things going on. So, uh, so next week I should have a story coming up on sort of the I, I guess the way that I phrase it is how NIL and the transfer portal maybe is able to to even things out actually for some teams that maybe you wouldn't expect. There's been so much talk about you know Alabama, Georgia, how these teams benefit from it, but I, I think that I found a program that really does benefit in a big way from it as well, who maybe people wouldn't expect. So uh, that should be coming out next week. And and other than that, you know, we're just uh, plugging along. We've got some, uh, we, we got an ACC preview coming out this week on the college football survivor show. So uh, it'll, we're, we're staying busy. Sounds good. Hey man, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's uh, Shehan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com.